everybody. Welcome to the Football Betting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. I'm your host, Tom Pipkin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tom Walker. Hi, guys. Thank you for tuning in as ever, and welcome. The Christmas season fast approaches. We've got another full fixture list across the Premier League and the Football League today. So full fixtures, Premier League, Championship League 1, League 2. We'll go through all our highlights uh, on the show. We'll probably start by saying how agonising we were to, uh, again, we're agonisingly close to a bomb-proof treble victory. Um, my one, your one, and the joint lost by one team. One team. I mean, we'll we'll do a full recap further in the show, but, oh man, that's going to be podcast history, I think, where all three bets are let down by uh, by one result. So, yeah, yeah. agonisingly close. Two teams that really should have won as well, but... Uh, as mentioned, we will recap that properly towards the tail end of the show. Yeah, so as I mentioned, we'll go through all the leagues, uh, picking out our betting highlights as usual. Then we'll look at the, at the Bomb Proof Trebles, as Tom says, in more detail. And also at Fantasy Football towards the end of the show. Um, pretty big week, Fantasy Football-wise. Lots of people with Salah getting lots of points, uh, me not being one of them. Yeah, same. Right, no, but... <laughs> Yeah, let's just skip fancy football this week. It's a familiar story. Our show, our rules. <laughs> <laughs> We're not okay. anymore. Right. Um, Premier League fixtures then this weekend. Lots on Saturday. Seven fixtures on Saturday. Three on Sunday. Kick things off. 12.30 on the Saturday. Man City at home to Everton. City, very heavy favourites for this one, as you'd expect. One to five. Not really interested from a betting perspective in City at one to five on the nose. Is there anything else that you could see coming in that's slightly better odds for this game, or do you reckon it's just a kind of watch and enjoy but not bet on? I, I like the look of maybe both teams to score uh, 10 to 11. Uh, City conceded to Hoffenheim in midweek in the Champions League. Uh, yeah. they've conceded uh, even though it was away they conceded to Fulham uh, they conceded to Bournemouth at home they obviously lost to Chelsea uh, they've conceded to Lyon uh, their last uh, clean sheet was actually five matches ago um, that was a 4-0 uh, victory over West Ham which was only you know two weeks ago but uh, there has been five games that have passed since then and um, we all know about Everton, incredibly unlucky to lose the Merseyside derby the way they did. Uh, they can play 25 years of Merseyside derbies and that, that kind of goal won't go in again. Um, and, you know, been very, very decent, to be honest. Um, you know, in the big games as well, they drew away at Chelsea, nil-nil. Uh, like I said, they nearly drew away at Liverpool and, you know, the complete freak goal. Um, otherwise, they would have. So for me, both teams to score 10 to 11, I think is a, is a realistic thing to go for. Um, I think Man City 1 to 5, I mean, we don't normally tip Man City anyway because they're always so massive um, at home week in, week out. But I think especially against this Everton team, I think you'd be crazy to go for them at 1 to 5. Like, absolutely insane. Mm. Yeah, well... For me, City should definitely win this game. Um, I can see where you're coming from with the both teams to score aspect. For me, there's a question mark over whether Everton have got enough about them going forward. I see Everton as a much more of a 
defensively solid team than an offensive team. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you do fancy, I think, as I say, City should win this game. City to win both teams to score is priced at seven to five. So perhaps a little bit more value to be gained that way. Yes. Just a little kind of stat I want to quickly read out as well. Three of the last four games at the Etihad between these two have ended in draws and three of those four results have been both teams to score. So Everton have got a very, very solid record at the Etihad in recent times. Yeah, some decent form then behind that stat. Um, Let's move on then to the three o'clocks. Is there anything which takes your eye in particular? We've got five games here at three o'clock. Yeah, five games. Um, Found it relatively tough, um, to be honest. I think what I'm going to start off with is, again, a both teams to score tip. Uh, This involves Wolverhampton Wanderers entertaining Bournemouth at Molyneux. Um, I don't really need to back into sort of a lot of research, to be honest, especially Bournemouth. They scored 25 goals in, in 16 games. Uh, Wolves shown, um, you know, they went through some really poor form, didn't they? They lost to lost to Cardiff, they lost to uh, Huddersfield at home. Showed recently against Chelsea, they are kind of back in the groove. Um, for me, both teams to score is what I'd be going for um, in this fixture. I can't honestly call the result. Seven to ten, I've seen better prices, uh, but I do think it will come in. Yeah, I agree with that one. Um, it's quite. Alarming, isn't it? How Bournemouth have actually lost five of the last six games. The only win coming against Huddersfield in a game where they were completely outplayed by Huddersfield as well. Yeah, doesn't um, feel like it at all. No, does it? Does not feel like it at all. Yeah. Really doesn't. But, well, they're still uh, in eighth, aren't they? So it's a testament to how well they did at the start of the season, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, speaking about Huddersfield, I actually like the look of Huddersfield against Newcastle. And that's for Huddersfield to get the win here, priced at 11-8. to eight. Uh, Huddersfield have lost the last three games, but to be honest, for me, that doesn't really tell the whole story. They had a narrow 1-0 loss to Arsenal away last weekend, very creditable. Uh, before that, they had the 2-1 loss away at Bournemouth. In that game where I said they absolutely battered Bournemouth, started them off the pitch, uh, but unfortunately conceded two goals, didn't put enough away themselves. Um, and then they lost 2-1 before that to Brighton in a game where they were leading. Had a man sent off, uh, Steve Mooney straight red, and uh, subsequently lost 2-1. So um, I think they've got a little bit of momentum despite losing three in a row. Before that, they were unbeaten in the last three. Uh, they beat Fulham at home, they drew West Ham at home, they beat Wolves away. So I do think they're playing some good football. They've got a good run of form and momentum behind them. And I think they can capitalise against the Newcastle side, who, for me, um, they kind of flatter to deceive a little bit, don't they? Three wins on the bounce, followed by no wins in the next three. So there's, there's a lot of uncertainty, I think, over Newcastle at the moment, especially with the whole takeover thing that could potentially be going off before January. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to take, not going to take credit for this at all. I believe it was uh, uh, Chris Waddle that kind of uh, mentioned this and it really perked my ears up three of the last four January transfer windows 
the month before leading up to it, there's been a proposed talk about a sale. I don't know if... Yeah. Yeah, three of the last four years. I don't know if Ashley's using this as, you know, kind of to give the fans a glimmer of hope, uh, to kind of put them in a positive mood before he destroys everyone's dreams in January. I I don't know what the exact kind of uh, tactic is behind it, if it isn't true. Um, So Newcastle, they they won those three in a row. Everything was great. They've lost a few. This story's leaked, and now everything's depressing again. It's the mood swings at at Newcastle are are unbelievable, to be honest. Um, Mood swings of a hormonal teenage girl at St. James's Park. It's not going to So many mood swings. And, uh, yeah, I think Huddersfield, as you said, I feel like Huddersfield don't let things bother them. Do you remember at the start of the season? where they didn't score at home for bloody how many games. It, it didn't yeah. seem to bother them. There, was, there wasn't massive media attention. Fans weren't kicking off. It was just, you know, well, it is what it is. Like, we'll turn it around. On to the next one kind of attitude. Maybe Newcastle yeah. could do with adopting that. Yeah, completely agree. Um, anything else from the three o'clock? So there's Spurs there. They're one to six at home to Burnley. Uh, thoroughly expect Tottenham to get the win there. Yeah, uh, news that uh, the new stadium now is going to go into almost late January. Um, so, but I don't know who they've hired, but an absolute disaster there. Um, but yeah, Tottenham one to six uh, should get the that. The thing is, just as a side point on the new stadium, do you think it's going to be a positive to move into the new stadium halfway through the season? Do you not, you, they've got used to playing at Wembley now for this season. For me, it seems like more disruption to then relocate and go into a new stadium halfway through the season. I would disagree. Um, I think it's a really good time to do it. You know why? I feel like there's always a little bit of a jitter in recent times when teams move into a new stadium. So... Recently, we saw West Ham. They had a big issue yeah. with their stadium. Um, other reasons attached, security issues, running tracks, things like that. Um, I don't know if you remember, but when Arsenal moved into the Emirates, uh, they yeah. went through their first ever game. I remember they lost there against Villa, I think. Um, and you know, it took them a little bit of a while to get going. I feel like Spurs, even though their position is threatened by the likes of Arsenal, I feel like they're good enough to have that little blip this year, get used to it, and then next year go for the title or go for, you know, um, like at least try and win the title or the Champions League or whatever their aspirations are. I understand what you're saying, but I think get in, get it over with, get used to it. Like, let's crack on. Okay, fair enough. Um, Moving on from three o'clock then in the... Premier League, uh, Fulham versus West Ham. That's the 5.30. For me, that one promises goals. Um, I'd actually fancy West Ham on the nose at 11-8. to 8. West Ham are in very good form recently at the moment. I think I mentioned it last week on the podcast when I tipped them then. Um, they've now scored three or more goals in four of the last five games. They bagged another three last weekend against Palace. So against the Fulham side, who classically 
conceded lots of goals, haven't kept a clean sheet at all this season um, in the league. It looks to me like it's going to be a field day for West Ham, surely. Yeah, surely. Um, Ranieri's just not quite had the effect, has he? Um, not as of yet, anyway. He's certainly continued the scoring, but at the back, they're, they're a complete mess. Against United, they, they were absolutely wide open. Um, I think that was the first time United scored uh, three or more in a Premier League fixture for two years or whatever it was, which was alarming. The last six fixtures between these two, uh, granted, you know, at Fulham, at West Ham, whatever, have all been over 2.5 goals. You have to go back to 2010, the last time these two played, and it wasn't over 2.5. If you're interested wow. in that, I think it's something that will come in. It's four to six. Mm. Yeah, that's a good price considering. Because not only does history back that up, the way the two teams are playing also <laughs> very much backs that up. So yeah. um thoroughly looking forward to this being a nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't be more right. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Hassan Huttel. Uh, Hassan Huttel. At Southampton. The the clock from the Alps. Apparently, he hates that nickname, but uh, yeah, yeah, not the clock from the Alps. He has his first game against Unai. Emery. I love Unai Emery's accent, by the way. I love hearing him talk. He's the most Spanish bloke I've ever come across in my life. <laughs> I love it. But anyway, uh, he's got red hot Arsenal coming to town. Um. Do you have anything that you would tip for this game? Are you wary of Hassan Huttel's kind of first home game? And he's, you know, he's had a week or so now, hasn't he, with, with his players on the training ground? Yep. Um, I've got something pretty different to tip for this game, actually. Uh, pretty good odds. But um, I don't know whether you know or not, but I was looking at some general Premier League statistics this week. And Arsenal and Cardiff are the only teams this season who are yet to be winning a game at half-time. So Arsenal have got the joint worst first-half record in the league, but then they've got the best second-half record in the league. What? So they're, they're either, yeah, they're either losing or drawing at half-time in all of their games in the league this season. Then they're blitzing teams in the second half. That is absolutely... Is, Mate, where have you yeah. pulled that from? That is absolutely that's, bizarre. Yeah, that's gone under the radar quite a lot. They score lots oh. and lots of goals in the second half. Um, I think it's like over 20-odd goals they scored in the second half of games this season. Um, Stop. Oh, my days. So, yeah, so for that trend to continue, I'm looking at half-time draw, full-time Arsenal. And that's four to one. And I think that's I think that's real that's that's realistic. Um, Hassan Hurtel, as we're saying, it's his first home game in charge of Southampton. I don't think he's going to go all out from the off. I think he's going to manage the game appropriately because he'll be wary of the threat that Arsenal carry going forward. So I, I can definitely see this one being a draw at half time, and then for Arsenal to then go on, Emery must really adjust his tactics well mid games and at half time. Yeah, I I have seen, you know, on uh, kind of analyst programs that 
people are kind of picking up on Emery's uh, tactical kind of flexibility. So, um, yeah, I completely get what you're saying. And for me, Southampton, their issue, their issue is a bit of intensity, a bit of imagination. Um, at the back, they've got some decent personnel. Uh, but it's up top where they're where they're really struggling, isn't it? So mm. I can see him keeping it tight, definitely in half time. You know, Aubameyang or whoever decides to step up uh, will step up. Um, I'm thinking for myself. I, I, this is a bit of a loose tip. I'm not, you know, 100% kind of uh, hung on this. But under 2.5 is something that I would like to tip. Um, I could see Arsenal getting out there with maybe a two nil win. I don't think yep. in Haskin Huttle's first game, uh, Southampton are you know going to try blow Arsenal away, and I don't think they're going to get battered. Uh, under two point five, it's thirteen to ten. If I had to bet on something, that's what I'd have. No, uh, yeah, that's fair enough. I could see that one coming. I do think generally Arsenal on the nose at ten to eleven is a good price on the nose. Yeah, it's a great price. They're playing yeah. against a team that hasn't won a, a home game this year. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, very definitely tempting, but you know, new manager syndrome and everything. And the thing is, sometimes when teams get new managers, we know what to expect, right? If someone appoints Sam Allardyce for next week, we know they're going to play direct football. They're going to be hard to beat. Uh, they're going to yeah. play from the back. He's going to build foundations. If someone hires Roberto Martinez for Saturday. We know they're going to play three-five-two. They're going to have wing backs, and they're going to play, you know, possession-style football. But this guy, we have no idea what he does, right? So um, maybe a watching brief, maybe Arsenal on the nose. A little bit of a grey area for now. Yeah. Um, so we need to talk about then the marquee fixture of the weekend. It is Liverpool at home to Manchester United. Sunday, four o'clock kickoff. Liverpool priced on the nose, four to seven. The draw three to one, Manchester United way out for this one nine to two. Um, let me get your thoughts on this one. Classically, well, recent history, very boring. Yeah, yeah, recent history, very dull, especially at Anfield. Um, maybe down to the fact that Mourinho and Van Hal have been the last two United managers, uh, maybe. But yeah, last two results, nil-nil. And then uh, if you go back a little bit more, 2 nil to Liverpool, one nil to Man U. It's always pretty tight. Um, my initial instinct is to absolutely lump on Liverpool. Four to seven. Um, obviously, they're, they're big favourites. And favourites for a reason. Favourites for a reason. United are awful. Absolutely awful. However, yep. in the back of my mind, uh, they're playing against a team that got a bit of confidence from a nice, very easy win against Fulham. Uh, Lukaku got a goal, which is great for him. Um, and this is a United team that went away to Juve and won. I've used that example a couple of times. Yeah, that's, that's wearing thin now with me. They've just been away to Valencia and lost. So Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Last year, they went away at Man City. They were losing at half-time. They turned it around and won. This team is capable of the odd hiccup. However, I'm fully 
on the side of Liverpool. I think it will be, I think it will be relatively comfortable. And do you know what I think is is going to lose United the game? I think it's Mourinho. I think the intensity, the importance of the game to the fans, the pressure, the abuse he'll get, the hostility. I don't think he'll be able to handle it. And I think he's going to I think he's going to lose it a little bit and I think that will come out in his team. I think they'll appear uh kind of disorganized, they'll feel a little bit kind of agitated and I think Liverpool will get under United and Mourinho's skin personally. Yeah. Okay. Um for me, I fully agree. I think the most likely outcome here is that Liverpool do win it. I'm not overly attracted to the odds to be honest I think four to seven is a tad short for me considering that it is a historically a massive game between the two rivals and um, Man United of course despite them not playing well it's a very big club and capable of getting a result on the day so four to seven for me isn't attractive whatsoever but um, I like the look of under 2.5 goals we spoke about how especially at Anfield recently these games have been Pretty drab, dour affairs. Um, six of the last seven games between the sides, both at Anfield and at Old Trafford, have been under 2.5. Um, 11 to 10 is the price for that. So that was much higher uh, than I thought it would be, to be honest. Yes, yeah. Um, promises, regardless, promises to be a very interesting game. I hope it's not as boring as recent times, uh, but it would be interesting, uh, that's for sure. So that, for me, boxes off the Premier League. Anything else you want to add or shall we move on to the champ? No, let's move on to the second tier for sure. We'll save... Actually, no, let's start with it. It's the big game. It's the one that we all wait for on our calendars as soon as the fixture list is released. It's Derby against Forest. It's Monday night. Don't really like the fact that it's on a Monday night. Um, no, we need to talk about this one, even if the listeners don't really care about Derby or Forest. For us, it's massive. So, <laughs> so let's talk about it. After our rules, that seems to be the theme today. So, um, Derby priced at twenty-one to ten, the draw five to two, Forest twelve to five. Which way are you going to go? Draw. I know it's not exciting. I know. I know you want me to scream and give you all these reasons why Forrest are going to win. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's going to be a draw. Two good teams, definitely. you got fourth in Derby, um, at home to seventh in Forrest. Um, I think both teams have scored roughly the same. They've conceded roughly the same. Um, Derby have been slightly more goal shy at home. And Forest have been slightly, uh, slightly better um, away from home. I just think everything kind of points to points to a draw. Forest have got a, a terrible record, terrible yep. record at the iPro. They've lost their last three encounters. Um, so you know it's not exactly something that um, you know fills me with confidence. Uh, but this Karanka team is probably the best we've had since uh, the Billy Davis years in probably, what, 2009 or 10? Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is a different animal. 
I like the fact that Karanka is a lot more experienced than Lampard. Uh, Karanka would have managed derbies before, you know, for Middlesbrough and, uh, you know, been in and around the Real Madrid kind of thing. Uh, for Lampard, I don't even think Chelsea have derbies, do they? Who do they even play? Who are their rivals? Yeah, that's not that's not a proper derby. But um, yeah, I like the fact that Karank is more experienced. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to bet on this at all in the slightest, but just because <laughs> for emotional attachment. But if I had to tip it for the profit chasers, I'd go for five to two draw. Yeah, I think you've kind of for me hit the nail on the head a little bit when you say that this is Lampard's first managerial experience of a real derby. Uh, and then I think the same can be said for a lot of the players because he's kind of put together a very young, pretty inexperienced side on the whole there. Um, they had, they did have a very experienced side for the last couple of seasons, but a lot of those players have now gone um, to be replaced by these younger guys. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle the occasion because it's probably going to be quite new to a lot of them. Um, and I think that's where Forest have the advantage, where they've got a lot of seasoned professionals playing-wise and managerial-wise who have been there, done it before, um, and know what it takes and could probably keep that level ahead And because they won't be phased by the atmosphere, I don't think, all the Forest players. Um, I'd take a draw, 5-2, to two, and I, I do think that's probably the most sensible outcome to tip as well. Yeah, I think that's what I think will happen. And that's obviously also, you know, what I would, I would take it. Yeah. You have to remember, right. We're going away at fourth in the league, uh, you know, Derby aren't, Derby aren't mugs. So um, yeah, I'd take a draw. Uh, I think, you know, Derby will see us as, you know, a strong team as well. So I think a draw uh, would kind of suit everyone. And I think five to two is, is a good price, but yeah. Promises to be, for us especially, a really big game. So, exciting times. Uh, moving on from ourselves then. Other tips for the championship? Who do you like? Um, I found it a little bit rough, to be honest, in the champ. I don't know about you this week. Um, had a little look. It, there wasn't a ton of, st- of stuff that I really, really like the look of, to be honest. Um, one thing I'm going to go for, which I, I was surprised at myself, to be honest. didn't really expect to be going for this. Uh, but I'm actually going to go for uh, Swansea. So Swansea are at home to Sheffield Wednesday. Two teams having largely underwhelming, um, underwhelming seasons, to be honest. Swansea in 12th, Sheffield Wednesday in 17th. Um, Sheffield Wednesday are running into particularly bad patch, especially away from home. Uh, recently, they've lost away at Blackburn. Uh, they managed to get a draw at Sheffield United, which was commendable. But before then, they lost to Birmingham. They lost to QPR. They conceded three on each of those outings. Uh, before then, uh, they also managed to just squeeze uh, past Reading, who were struggling. They lost to Brentford. It's... At home, they are definitely a little bit more 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 uh, more potent. Uh, Swansea haven't lost to Sheffield Wednesday in the last three encounters, and uh, for me, I fancy the Swans. They're a little bit better at home, for sure. 
8 to 11 is not the best price you will get, granted. Uh, but I think the, the Swans will uh, capitalise here. Yeah, uh, I can see that one happening. I like to look at Rotherham. They're home to Reading. They're priced for the victory at 21 to 20. Uh, Rotherham do find themselves sat in 20th in the league. So looking at the table, you, you probably think that's not that good. But I think that doesn't tell the whole story as far as I'm concerned because their results have actually been pretty decent um, recently. All the way back to September, they've only lost two games. They've drawn nine in that time and won one. So won one, drawn nine, lost two since uh, the back end of September. So they're on a generally a good run of, good run of form. That's uh, including draws against Stoke, Middlesbrough, beat Swansea, Drew against Blackburn, drew against Sheffield United, uh, drew against QPR. So lots of lots of score draws in there as well. I think they've got enough about them to beat a red inside who are below them in the league. They are without a manager after sacking Paul Clement. Um, so I think Rotherham, whilst they're scoring goals, can take advantage of a red inside who are probably in a little bit of disarray at the moment, considering they don't have a permanent manager. Yes, um, Paul Clement for me, he, he's going to have to either go down the leagues, back to coaching, back to being a number two or, or go abroad. I think his, uh, his um, reputation is, is pretty tarnished now in England. Number, um, number Rotherham. Yeah, Rotherham have been good, haven't they, this season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. considering Rotherham of old would be bottom of the league miles away from anyone uh but right now if season ended you know tonight they'd, they'd stay up so you know they they or they want to be someone like Rotherham they want to get to the last four games five games and have a chance yeah they're just they're just trying to hang on in there as long as they can um and yeah lost one at home all season so uh, that's where they are uh, obviously looking strong um, have, before we move on, let's just have a quick look through uh, the Reading managerial odds. I always like to look through a good odds list when the manager's yeah, been. Well, you, oh god, so, I tried to think. Graham Murty probably up there. Uh, he's he's on the list, but he's not he's not quite there. Um, we've got Phil Parkinson heads up the market currently with Bolton six to four favourite. Then Luis Castro seven to four currently at. Vittoria in the Portuguese. Great manager. Uh, Then Jukanovic, obviously recently left left Fulham. Tim Sherwood sneaked his way onto the list. Uh, (laughs) Steve Steve Bruce. Vitor Pereira, currently at Shanghai SIPG. Yeah, another great manager. Gareth Ainsworth, to be fair to Gareth Ainsworth, deserves a chance at a higher league um, after he's done so well with Wickham. Yeah, that's interesting. And then you're down into the, the random craps like Simon Grayson and Alan Pardew and Nigel Pearson, Mark Warburton, blah, blah, blah. Please blah, tell blah. me Mark, Martin O'Neill's there. He's on every every shortlist. Yes, he is. It's 33 yeah. to 1. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I, I don't know if we have many Reading fans listening to the podcast. I can't stand Reading. I can't stand them. Well, if we That'll... did, they're probably no longer are going to listen to the podcast after that <laughs> comment. 
honestly, I just fight. I just, I remember, I remember when I was a kid, right? I didn't know, I didn't know who Reading were for such a long time. I like, I just don't remember. Sorry, I was football mad as a kid, and I don't remember Reading being anywhere near my football memories, like at all. I just find them so boring, like so boring and so uninspiring that I would run an absolute mile if I was any of those managers, personally. Like, I know they got to the playoff final a few years ago, but like honestly, does anyone even remember who was on that team? Was there anyone exciting? No, no not really. The way they got there was so boring. Yeah, they are. They're just the whole club. is just. I just have no interest. <laughs> <laughs> no interest, honestly. Anyway, sorry about sorry about that. Um, ran ran over. Yeah, ran over. I I just like to stick it into Reading every now and then. Anyway, moving on. We're going to talk about a relegation uh, candidate. Um, you know, we spoke about Rotherham. We spoke about Reading. Uh, we're going to talk about Bolton, but we're going to talk about them in a negative light. Unfortunately, they got a very tough game on Saturday. Uh, Leeds United at home. Um, when Leeds went through a stage, didn't they, where we weren't sure if they were going to fall off or not. Um, yeah. Through a little wobble and we thought, oh, here we go. You know, they're going to sack Bielsa. Um, you know, something, something crazy is going to happen. Um, but, you know, fast forward the clock and they are five points clear of Sheffield United um, with a nice little cushion with that automatic uh, promotion spot. Uh, second best defence in the league. They're showing no signs of slowing down. Um, they are four to six away at Bolton. Will you get a better price for for Leeds this season? Yes, you will. But you have to look at Bolton. 23rd in the league. Uh, only won two home games. Only scored six goals at home all season. And uh, their manager, obviously, being... What was he first? Was he favourite for Reading? Yeah, favourite for Reading. Yeah, favourite for a fellow relegation rival. That's like seeing your girlfriend texting another lad, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's not. It's not <laughs> on. Um, Bolton have a one in the last 11. Don't really know if I need to say anything more. Uh, Leeds win four to six. Yeah, you'd think that was one of the banks of the weekend, wouldn't you? Um to add insult to injury at Bolton as well, the players, as of recording, still haven't been paid for November. So uh, that's been dragging on for a number of weeks now. So players aren't getting paid. They're not going to be happy. And that is not going to translate into good performances on the pitch. Uh, so, yeah, it's not bode well sum- at the moment. No, to summarise it, they're going to get absolutely battered on Saturday. But I wanted to be a bit more professional about it. <laughs> To be honest. Okay. Um, what else have I got for the championship? Not really much more to go off, to be honest. Um, I just want to throw a little question out there. I don't, I don't think I personally trust them. I wanted to get your uh, ideas on it and kind of share it with the profit chasers. Uh, we've got um, Norwich league leaders, so obviously, it kind of makes sense to. You know, Talk about them a little bit. Um, they're away at Bristol City. Uh, late kickoff on the Saturday. Do you fancy them? They're four to six. They're six to four. 
It's a good price, very good price. It's weird, right? Because I look at this and Norwich are top of the league. They're in really good form. They're against the Bristol City side who are very inconsistent. But there's, I feel like there's always something about Norwich this season with me. I feel like I just don't trust them enough. And I don't know why, because their results are really good. Um, I'm always expecting them to slip up and start to come undone. Remember, remember a few weeks ago, you know, I've said it for a few weeks in a row now, you know, Norwich at home, they've got Rotherham. It's a short price and it's going to be cagey. They, they win 3-1. Rotherham took the lead in that game. Norwich are home to Millwall. They needed, what, two 90-minute, 90th minute goals. One was 97 or something like that. Uh, the week just gone, they beat Bolton 3-2 at home. Uh, Timu Pukki, 90th minute. They're, they're just they're squeaking by. They're squeaking by week in, week out. It's, it's a sign of a very good team. Uh, but also, you know, they could have a horseshoe up their bum. You're, yeah. you're not really sure how long it's going to last. I just wanted yeah. your thoughts on it because it seems a little, a little bit wary to me. One thing that I probably would be more confident in is Norwich to score over 1.5 goals. That's priced at 5-4, to four, so slightly less than to win on the nose. But if we're looking at the volume of goals they scored in the last few games, you've got... Four 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 zero three three. That's in the last six games. So lots and lots of goals there, aside from that one nil nil against Hull. So for them to score two, I definitely think is uh, very possible. So that for me would be something more likely than, or something more comfortable to bet on than Norwich getting the win. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Just something I wanted to cover. No, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to League One then. You can take your pick first. Hit me. All right. Well, let's start off with one of the more obvious ones uh, of the weekend. Uh, we've got the Mackhams, Sunderland at home to the Pirates, Bristol Rovers. Yeah, I don't need to cover this too much. Obviously, Sunderland are a short price. They're 13 to 20. They should be beating teams like Bristol Rovers with pretty, you know, pretty easily. To be honest, um, they've they've actually only played nine home games. Uh, Sunderland. Most teams have played eleven or so, but whatever. Uh, don't read too much into the fact they lost at home to Warsaw in the uh, FA Cup, uh, largely a second string. Have a look at them beating promotion rivals Barnsley four two at home, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Bristol Rovers, you know, have a look into their form. Uh, they've been a little bit wonky away from home for sure. Yes, they beat Swansea under-21s, but again, it Football League trophy. I, it's just not right, is it? I just, just not the same kind of, uh, same kind of feeling. Uh, they've been pretty poor all season, home and away. Um, so, yeah, Sunderland 13-20, one of the more obvious ones of the weekend. Yeah, Sunderland as well. I've got a really good stat of scoring in every single game so far this season uh, in the league. So, you know, if you can always count on scoring a goal, you've always got a great chance of picking up three points. Um, for me, I can't look any further than Luton in this set of fixtures. Luton are away at Coventry. The price at yeah. 21 to 20. 
Now the, the run of form that Luton are on is is a really really good. They've won seven out of their last eight games in the league. The one they didn't win there was a nil nil draw away at Rochdale. Um, scoring plenty of goals recently as well. Scored four four past Bradford, three past Gillingham, five past Plymouth. Um, going a little bit further back, but four past Accrington. So they do have lots of goals in them. Um, they've got so much confidence. They've stormed up in the league into second place. They're playing a Coventry side who are winless since the back end of October. Five losses in their last six games. Uh, struggling for goals, struggling for confidence. And I think they're there for the taking against this rampant Luton side. Yeah, just generally struggling, aren't they? And, yeah. and Luton uh, have been fantastic. Leapfrogged uh, Sunderland now, uh, sat in second, um, looking like it's they're definitely going to be there or thereabouts uh, towards the end of the season. It'll be a great achievement to get into the championship as quick as they have. Yeah, um, yeah and you're right. Coventry, you know, Coventry are Coventry, right? They're, they're lucky to still be in business, I suppose. Um, so, you know, they're, they're performing admirably. They're in 11th. I think they're pretty happy, pretty content, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, I expect Luton to uh, breeze past them. Yeah. Uh, Tom, absolutely yeah. random random guess. Kudos to you if you get this right. I found it pretty surprising. Uh, without looking at any stats, who has the worst defensive record in League One, would you say? Oh. Plymouth? No. No, second worst. Uh, for, so very close. It's actually Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe United. Um, obviously, as season's gone by, we've mentioned before, these, these guys were uh, you know, playoff contenders slash in the playoffs. Um, definitely in the upper echelons of, of the league. Uh, they're really struggling this season. Got, as I've just mentioned, worst defensive record in the entire league. Um, they are in the last kind of safe position. Uh, so the 20th, remember, four teams go down in League One. Um, so they're on 21 points, Bristol Rovers on 17. Got a bit of a cushion, but if they carry on conceding like that, uh, that cushion is going to evaporate. Uh, they've got a very tough away game against a team that's arguably kind of replaced them, really. Uh, we'd expect Doncaster to be lower down than, than Scumfort, maybe. Um, and Doncaster are sat very pretty in seventh position, somewhere I didn't expect them to be for sure. Um, yeah, they're, I think they're a decent price as well. Um, it's an early kickoff, by the way. Just <laughs> 13 to 20. It's not amazing, but I think it's decent considering Scunthorpe's uh, defensive frailties, and uh, especially away from home as well. Uh, Scunthorpe have, you know, they've they've lost some very very kind of worrying games. Um, so I'd be looking at anyone that is losing um, away at Shrewsbury at the moment. I know it was in the cup, but away at Shrewsbury they lost away at Southend, who aren't exactly pulling up trees. Lost away at League Two Mansfield Football League Trophy. Um, previously lost to Blackpool. Um, I'm actually struggling to see their last. I'm struggling to see their last away win, to be honest. 
I am currently scrolling live on air. August. Last home win, last away win was August. So, yeah, wow. Doncaster for me, 13 to 20. Yeah, definitely. And uh, John Marquise, fill your boots. Doing very well this yeah. season. I'm actually going to look, and I want to get your opinion on this one as well. Big game towards the top of the league. Barnsley at home to Portsmouth. Uh, Barnsley currently sat in sixth in the league with a game in hand. Portsmouth sat top. I'm going to go, you know, Portsmouth at the top of the league. So I'm not exactly going out on too much of a limb here. But I think they're massively overpriced at nine to four for the victory. Um, You're getting the price for me because Barnsley do admittedly have a very good home record this season. But Portsmouth have got the best away record in the league. And I imagine, I've not, looked, I've not looked this up, but I imagine they've got one of the best away records in the entire um, four English divisions. They've won nine out of their last ten away games uh, this season. They've not lost in the league away this season. Barnsley are a side who, despite winning some games, they are conceding a lot of goals recently. So, for example, four against Sunderland, two against Southend, three against Man City under 21s. They lost. Last weekend away at Wickham, 1-0. Uh, so for me, Portsmouth, unstoppable on the road, are facing a Barnsley side who do concede goals home and away. So I'm going to side with Portsmouth here, 9-4. to four. I'll be interested to see what you think to this, because it is a little bit of a risk, considering how good Barnsley's home record is. And generally, they do have a good squad for the division. But I do think Portsmouth are very good price. I agree. I agree. Um, it feels a bit odd, right? Because both teams are up there, granted, but Barnsley were in the championship last year. Uh, Portsmouth, you know, a couple of years ago, were in League Two. So you kind of got two teams on different journeys. Um, yes, Barnsley have a great home record. You're spot on. I look at the big games. I'm, I did some research into Barnsley's recent kind of big game history. Uh, so had a big game with Sunderland, lost 4-2. Uh, they had a big game um, with Charlton, lost 2-0. Uh, they did manage to beat Luton, um, but largely, and especially recently, they've been struggling against the big sides. Um, and if you have a look, they went through a stage. I don't know how the fixture computer kind of went, <laughs> how this happened. They had their uh, five home games in a row. And this is where a lot of their home form came from. Yeah. So listen to these opponents. Bristol Rovers, Southend, Everton under-21s, Notts County, and Bradford. So they are some very lowly opposition where that they've beaten there. Um, so I think, you know, it may not be telling the full story about uh, Barnsley at home. They're definitely going to be up there. So Tykes fans, if you are listening, I'm not saying, you know, you're going to start tumbling down the leagues. I think you'll you'll finish in the playoffs, actually. But Portsmouth, for me, just flying high, aren't they? I, I, I don't know how you can go against them. No, me neither. Um, anything else that you like the look of in this division? <sighs> not massively. To be honest, not massively. 
Um, League Two then. Anything that you like the look of? For me, League Two, there's not an awful lot that I do like. There hasn't been a season. Yeah. (laughs) I think I remember when we first started the podcast, I absolutely loved League Two. Oh, yeah. I thought it was an absolute moneymaker. I loved it. But this year, especially, it's really tough. Um, I'm going to take, obviously, one that I know you've got wrote down, and, you know, we're not going to focus on it too long. Uh, we got Lincoln. So Lincoln are 4-9. to nine. They're at home to Morecambe. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really need to go into it, but I will. Um, you've got Lincoln sat in second. Uh, Morecambe sat in 19th, which is pretty pretty lofty for them, to be honest. Um, Lincoln, they are occasionally wobbly. They do love to concede goals, uh, but they have only lost one at home all season. And this is a team that scored 35 goals, um, you know, home and away this season. Um, Morecambe conceded 34 in 21. Goal difference of minus 13. Just, you just expect the better team to, to win here. And, Morecambe, yes, you know they've they've got the odd decent <laughs> decent uh, result, but for me, Lincoln will should win this very comfortably. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm looking at two more things in League Two, and if I say them, which I'm going to anyway, but I'll I'll say them, and then you'll probably think it. The profit chase will probably think it. You'll think I need my head checking or something. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, there's no. two teams I, I like who I think will win, but there is absolutely next to nothing stats wise to back it up. Love it. Bit of gut instinct. It's not yeah. all about stats. Yeah. Yeah, bit of gut instinct. I love it, mate. Yeah, fire away. So the first one, Macclesfield. Sol Campbell. This is his no. uh, first home league game in charge. No, no. no. Why no? no? Look, 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 let me, let me try Stop. and try. No. Show cancelled. Like, that's it. Tom Pipkins tipping Macclesfield and Sol Campbell. Wave the white flag. It's over. <laughs> right. So they've played two. Come on. Let's, let's give Sol a bit of credit here. He's come in, had two away games. Um, the first one they lost on penalties in the Football League trophy. Uh, the second one... First time Macclesfield have ever lost on penalties in their entire history, but carry on. Well, the second one is uh, a, a narrow 1-0 loss to Colchester, who are right up there in the league. Really, really good home form. One of the best in League Two. So that's there's no shame in that. Um, now, they're probably up against the one team in this league that you'd want to be playing at the moment, and that's Crawley. Crawley, especially on the road, are absolutely terrible. So they've only won one away game all season. That was way back on the 8th of September when they won away at Lincoln. Great result. I remember that one cost the bomb-proof bloody treble. But since then, they've not won away. Crawley, at home, is the game you want to be playing if you want to pick up your first three points for a club as a new manager. Um, Prior to Campbell's arrival, Macclesfield have won their previous two home games. Um, so there is some form there as well at, at home. So for me, six to five, it's actually a little bit short, but um, I do think they're going to get the win here. 
Yes. Um, okay. I'd take it on board, but... <laughs> Wait, you come up with a good argument, for sure, and you'd make a great lawyer, but ultimately, <laughs> your client's going to jail. No. Nah. Because, no, honestly, honestly, we're talking about bottom of the football league here. Yeah. Right? We're talking about bottom of the football league. Macclesfield, right, conceded 38 goals this season. The second worst in the entire league. Uh, six points from safety. Yes, they've got a new manager. If it wasn't Sol Campbell and he was called uh, Gary Gary Deacon, <laughs> right, you never heard of this bloke, would you get as excited? I don't think you would. Fair point. Yeah, fair point. But um, I give me an argument for Crawley. Why? What have Crawley got about them that would make you think they no. win this game? No, 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 no. No, Crawley don't have anything about them. These are two terrible teams. Don't, let, no, Tom, no. I mean, listen, Macclesfield win. You'll remind me on the podcast next week. That, that I don't go that low. I don't bring up the fact that you thought Fulham would get something at Old Trafford last week and they were an absolute <laughs> they were an absolute disgrace. They got absolutely steamrolled by a bang average man new team. I don't bring that up. I don't need to. But I know you'll bring Macclesfield up if they win next week. Right. So we'll see what happens. Um I also I think it's probably fitting that I go straight ahead again and give you my second one because we've looked at twenty fourth in the league. Let's look at 23rd yeah. in the league, shall we? Notts County, um, 16 points thereon. So they're three away from Cambridge and uh, the last survival yeah. position. So Can I just put in and ask you a quick question? Go on. Have you and are you about to tip bottom and second bottom in the entire football league, yes or no? Yes. Right, carry on. So this is loose. You know, these I did say at the start, I struggled. These are kind of loose tips here. Um, but it's based on what I gut feeling, what I think will happen. Notts County, this is, we spoke about Sol Campbell having his first home game in charge. This is Neil Ardley's first home game in charge of Notts County. They're priced at 15 to 8, which is really, really big against the Tranmere side who are pretty inconsistent, especially away from home. Uh, they're much better at home than they are on the road. So for me, this is a similar situation to uh, to the Macclesfield one. So I think Neil Lali is going to want to really put on a performance in front of the home crowd um, in his first game. They're not playing very well, <laughs> to be honest, at the moment. But yeah, it's, I just think they'll win. That's it. That's just thing <laughs> Okay. Okay. <sighs> okay. Listen, Prophet Chasers, I'm going to come up with something in our world, okay, of realism. Um, we're we're going to get away from, you know, great escape theories and all that nonsense. Um <laughs> Hang on, you you, okay. just, you just said that you loved a bit of gut feeling, and you know it wasn't all about stats. So I've given you a, a bit of gut feeling, and you're hammering me for it. 
because I didn't know you were going to tip 23rd and 24th, 91st and 92nd in the in League Two and the Football League, respectively. I, I can't back you up. I'm sorry. Moving on from that lunacy. Okay, I've got a very, very, very safe, nice tip that will come in for sure. Okay? So, Newport, MK Dons, both teams to score. Both teams have conveniently scored 32 goals this season. Newport are also backing my theory up of both teams to score by also conceding 34. Um, so th- that's an incredible amount of, <laughs> amount of goals. 68 goals um, their 21 league games have yielded is, is literally frightening. Um, both teams to score, 4-6. to six. Really don't know which way the result will go. If I had to, I don't know. If I had to go for anyone, I think I would go for MK Dons, just because I think they're the better side. But Newport are pretty handy at home. Um, you know they've they've managed to to pick up a couple of wins in their uh, in their uh, last few home games. Some of them in the cup, granted, but you know quite a few in League One. Um, but both teams have scored four to six. Like I said, two teams that have scored thirty plus goals this season. Doesn't take a genius to tip that. Okay, uh, that one should come in. So yeah, I think that wraps up everything, does it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, just, it does. I, actually, before we wrap it all up, I've just been looking at Tranmere's recent away results as well in more detail, and I just want to throw this in. Their last few away games, conceded five against Grimsby, conceded three against Crew, conceded three against Forest Green, conceded six against Shrewsbury. So, you know, if Notts County are feeling in a scoring mood, they can get it, Chanmere. Just want to, you know, just saying. But yeah, let's move on to recap last week's Pondproof Trebles. <laughs> uh, it started off well. I had Portsmouth, they beat South End 2-0. He also had Luton and they beat Fleetwood 2 0. But, but it was all down to the final, final 5.30 kickoff of the day. Man City, one of the best teams we've ever seen in England, according to critics, lost 2 0 and killed the treble. Yeah, that is uh, outrageous. We never put City on a treble because they're always so short. So <laughs> to do him once and then they lose is uh, infuriating. Yeah, like, uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm shaking. I'm that angry. Uh, but anyway, um, yourself, Tom, how did you get on? So it started off well enough. I had West Ham. They beat Crystal Palace 3-2. We also had Berry. They beat Exeter 2-0. And uh, the nail in the coffin was unfortunately put in by our own team, Nottingham Forest, they lost 1-0 to Preston, despite dominating pretty much the whole game. Yeah, dominating the whole game, um, you know, doing doing everything right, having all the ball, creating chances, capitalising or trying to on set pieces. It was just one of those games. And uh, I know that sounds like lazy analysis, but it honestly was. Yeah, it was. Um, so... Looking at the joint, uh, we had West Ham in it, who, as I say, won 3-2. 
Yeah, we had Portsmouth, as we mentioned, 1-2-0. And unfortunately, again, we had Nottingham Forest. So they not only cost my treble, they also cost uh, the joint bomb-proof treble as well. Yes, so three trebles all let down by uh, two teams and, you know, two losses. It was, ah, it was infuriating. But anyway, a new week, new opportunity, so let's have it. Um, first of all, if you're brand new to the show and you're wondering what a bomb-proof treble is, this is the part of the show where we um, put all of our knowledge, uh, all of our research, and you know, some more than others, Tom Pipkin, put our gut instinct <laughs> into these uh, trebles. We recommend you know, a treble each and a joint treble. We'll be backing it. Uh, we recommend a ten-pound steak, but it, you know, if you want to put something else on it, then that's absolutely great. Um, and yeah, we try win ourselves the show and you some profit at the weekend. Yeah, so um, I'll go first. Then with my one this week, uh, it's a bit of a monster treble. So oh, all wait. teams that <laughs> all teams that we've said on the podcast we think will win. I'm trying a different tactic slightly here. And going for those teams to score two or more goals in each of their games. So uh, we've got Portsmouth. Yeah, we've got Portsmouth to score two or more away at Barnsley. That's two to one. West Ooh. Ham to score two or more away at Fulham. That's Evans and Luton to score two or more away at Coventry. Also Evans. And that pays a nice round number of 11 to one. So <sighs> 10 or on, as I'll probably do, 120 quid returns. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, that's a uh, that's a substantial treble. Uh, fingers yeah. crossed, Soccer Saturday is just absolutely raining goals. That's what you need. Oh, absolutely raining goals. But uh, yeah, as Tom mentioned, you know, all all favourites and fingers crossed they should all win. Um, <laughs> so I'm almost embarrassed to read mine out now. To be honest, <laughs> you fully dwarf me. Um, safety. It's not safety. It, it's just what I think will win. So, it, well, I suppose that is safety, is it? I, I don't know. Whatever. This is what I'm going to go for anyway. Um, but, yeah, it's not as you know gigantic profit chaser, so sorry about that. Um, I'm going to go for an all-League One treble. Um. Sorry, it's called Lead the Way League One, this treble. It's Doncaster at home to Scunthorpe, 13 to 20. Sunderland at home to Bristol Rovers, 13 to 20. Luton away at Coventry, 21 to 20. 4.58 to 1. So bang a tenner on it, still returns you 55.81. Don't forget that 81 pence. Um, two massive favourites at home one of them against um, a team with the worst defence in the league and the most on fire team in the league arguably Luton um, away at average Coventry uh, yeah that should win but it worries me on two counts one because you've done that bloody early kickoff thing again uh, with Doncaster and two, because we're doubling up in a way on Luton. So um, if they bugger it, then they bugger it for everybody. 
But uh, yeah, this is why we do the joint. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. We've got the right. joint, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna propose we do not put Luton in the joint. Yeah. Okay. That that's very smart of you, Tom. <laughs> um, I'd like to nominate West Ham to score over two from mine. That evens away at Fulham. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, you don't like the fact I've banged an early kickoff in there. Um, right. So, so all our, all arrows point to the only other option, which is Portsmouth so, to score two or more. Yeah. So I mean, we're having. Yeah. So we're having Sunderland. This is this is ridiculous. So we're having Sunderland, West Ham over two, and Portsmouth yeah. over two. Yeah. Right, tot it up, then. Honestly, you're, you're like a controlling wife, you are sometimes. <laughs> okay, so that pays uh, pretty much nine to one, so ten on, returns 99 back. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. That's wonderful. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, lovely price. Okay, um, so let's talk about fancy football, I suppose, if we have to. Yeah. Quickly uh, look at fantasy. It's still no change at the top of the league. Uh, Bougal Braith with Klepto and Son leads the way uh, by 11 points. Chris Hindle, we said, um, you know, he was struggling a bit the last few weeks, but he's come back with a vengeance, just 11 points behind now. Then, you know, it's the usual suspects up at the top. Daniel Atkinson, Charlie Donnelly, Alex Keating, uh, Owen Davis, and then you're going down towards like the... 7th, 8th, 9th, from then onwards. Um, I've gone up to 21st, actually, this weekend, so no way. not too bad. Oh, oh my, my God, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm leading the championship. That's good. Split the two, two uh, divisions. I'm 63rd. Where am I? Probably le- lower league one. Yeah, yeah, lower league one. I had 45 points. It's just a standard week for me. 45, yeah. average is 55. So it yeah. just kind of sums everything up. I, I just want to mention one thing. Well, two things, actually. Uh, number one, uh, we got 99 teams in league now. Um, mm. So one off getting 100. That would be, be awesome if we could get 100 oh, yeah. teams in the league. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, uh, one of mine and Tom's childhood friends, one of our oldest and dearest and best friends, uh, Joe Hegarty, is in 94th. Nine, 94th at 99. I honestly, I honestly felt bad at 63rd. But honest, honestly, that, that's pathetic. 94. <laughs> um, guys, the... Uh, the Fantasy Football League is open to all. If you already have a team, you will join at your rightful spot in our, well, if you're new, you'd be the 100th, which would be cool. Um, so you join, you know, 53rd or 3rd, wherever you need to be. Um, Tom always puts the league code in the podcast description. Um, and if you can't find it there for whatever reason, you can contact us via social media. How do you do so, I hear you ask? Well, uh, Twitter is our number one um, platform that we interact with our profit chasers on. T underscore FB podcast for that. 
We're on Facebook as well, www.facebook.com slash footballbettingpodcast. And we are also available on email, footballbettingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. And uh, if you do want to make our day, give a little bit back to the podcast, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's the best thing you can do to us. It helps us stay more visible, reach more people, and as a result, uh, bring you better content. Um, so yeah, just go to iTunes, rate and review. Should only take literally thirty seconds of your time, and we'd really, really appreciate that little Christmas present for the podcast. Oh, we'd we'd love it. Yep. So speaking about Christmas, um, we've just been thinking about what we're going to do regarding the podcast over the Christmas period. Obviously, there's lots of fixtures that come thick and fast. There's like literally a game every three or four days. Um. Pretty much business as usual next week. So for the games that are on on Saturday the 22nd, 23rd, there'll be a podcast out next week like normal. Um, then for the Boxing Day and the games that are on on a few days after that, we probably will be taking a break from the podcast, just mainly due to family commitments and it being Christmas after all. Um, so anything we do fancy, we'll still put out on social media. Uh, and then we're going to try and do a podcast for the New Year's Day games. But we'll, again, we'll keep everyone up to date with what is actually going off. Yeah. Well, I, I'm assuming people would rather spend uh, spend time with their families and listen to me and you ramble on about not counting we're going to be tram here. Yeah. Yeah, you for sure. think so. Okay. So it's pretty much the show. I think we've covered everything, haven't we? Yeah, that's a lot. Good luck for any bets you put on this weekend, guys. Thanks for listening once again. Really do appreciate everybody who listens to the show on a weekly basis. Um, so, yeah, any winning bet slips, do send them in to us. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to share in the glory. Uh, so, yeah, fingers crossed for you guys and ourselves and the show. And, uh, yeah, same again next week. Bye, guys.